Well, that's um, that's that's probably a bigger point. Is do we need community? I think uh, most of us would say yes, we do. Yeah. Um, but as we know culturally, um, men entering that space and talking about that sort of intimate thing. Um, I don't have, don't have to booze the right word, but it's certainly something we withdraw from. Um, uh, and uh, what we need to do is change that particular paradigm. How do we make or how do we get people, men um, to uh, actually open up and talk about this that I... You know, we, we can always say that we don't, we, we focus on the female side of things quite a bit, and we do, but that's also facilitated by the females themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a, a far greater input and a far greater willingness to open up about it. Welcome to the Full Stop Podcast with Beren Lee Smith, Sarah Lawrence, and me, Michael Hughes. If this is your first time here, our podcast is centred around supporting the Childless Not By Chores community. Our aim is to be a focal point for the community and with all our special guests, show you how to manage your grief and give a voice to the issues specific to us. And by example, show that the full and happy life can be had without the children we dearly wanted. Now sadly, we were without Sarah this month as she was quite unwell, but I'm glad to say she's on the mend and will be back with us next month. This episode, we are joined by a courageous group of men from three continents talking about community from a childless man's perspective. So let's find out who they are. Well, welcome to the Full Stop Podcast. And today is about guys. And today we're going to talk around about what community looks like for men, why it's so hard for men. Do we need it? So today we have with us um, Russell Patter from Australia. Awesome to see another Aussie. We have Agnes from Latvia. And we have Don from the West Coast of the United States, who is up at 2 a.m. in the morning for us. So that's, a, that's an awesome effort. So just quickly, in your own way, and I'd like you to introduce yourself so that our listeners can get to know you a bit more. So um, how about you go first, Russ? Yeah, good day. Uh, my name is Russ, uh, 52 years old, uh, live in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, started my uh, infertility journey uh, back in about 1998, uh, went through to about 2005. Um, uh, was married for 26 years, currently separated and uh, still childless. Um, currently a fur father, I have a dog and two cats. Um, and yeah, um, even though it's been a long time now, uh, childlessness for me is still a very relevant and current thing. So. Oh, thanks, Russ. Um, Agnes, you please, just in your own way and your own time, yes. uh, please introduce yourself. Thank you. My name is Agnes. I'm, I come from uh, Riga, Latvia. It's Northern Europe. And... Uh, I have been married for 12 years now and uh, since uh, like for four, some 10 years now, uh, I know that uh, I can't have uh, biological uh, children. Uh, we had a 
big struggle uh, together with my wife and separately uh, with these issues. But now we are coming to terms, uh, mainly thanks to her, because she has done an amazing job with herself and now is trying to start and uh, has successfully started a, a Instagram account and a Facebook group for uh, women here in Latvia. And I'm uh, watching and trying to get an inspiration to do something myself, but... Uh, Currently, uh, just watching and trying to understand how I feel about all these things. Thank you. No, thanks, Agnes. And um, look, please pass on uh, congratulations to your wife too, because I do follow her on Instagram and she's very active. I just wish I could I could understand Latvian. <laughs> you need to put that onto our own stuff actually if you if that's all right and with her permission Agnes it would be lovely to share that on our website and um to, to all link up because that sounds like really powerful and amazing work so yeah thank you for letting us know about that and Don uh good morning I'm Don Martinez from Los Angeles uh, California uh, 57 years old and uh, also childless. I, um, I I don't know how to, I guess I always just start by saying I'm, I'm childless because I haven't been able to find a, a life partner. Uh, so it's a different circumstance. Um, and that is something that I never imagined would be so. I thought I would marry young, have many children, lots of children and it would come pretty easily. Um, but for some reason it hasn't worked out for me that way. Um, I am first generation Filipino. So there's a big immigrant story there for me. And um, a lot of kind of my middle life was kind of taken up, I think, as I look back and trying to sort that all out, um, work through a, a kind of change in profession and things like that, that, that uh, where I had to kind of recover big parts of myself from a from a large, you know, a larger story, um, and kind of reconcile myself with some of the losses uh, of of that story. And somewhere along the way, um, uh, children kind of got put to the side, and I thought it'd come eventually, and it, it hasn't come for me. So um, that's my circumstance and, and my story. Thanks, Don. Look, and thanks, guys, because. You know, I know this is not easy for us to ch chat like this, but so I really appreciate your courage coming on the show today. Um, so when, when you said you're first generation Filipino, Don, uh, we have quite a large Filipino community in Australia. And one of the things that that is very, very evident is they are very community focused. And so I, I, how does that how does that sit with you? Um, in terms of, you know, being, do you feel like you have a community within the Filipino community, I guess I'm trying to say, or do you feel you are the odd one out? Um, thanks for the question, Michael. It's, it's a, it's a, um, on the outside, I do have, you know, a lot of community in terms of proximity but it's a very pronatalist community. So, uh, you know, growing up, uh, my internal struggle and who I was becoming as a person was never really, I guess, asked about. Instead, what was asked is, are you married yet? You know, are you gonna have children, et cetera, et cetera. And 
there's a lot of um, um, I don't know how to, how to put it, a lot of shaming words if you're not able to achieve those goals. So um, increasingly, I don't feel like I can talk to my Filipino community, uh, even my, my my parents and so on. It's just it's just a no fly zone for me. It's just kind of unsafe, as you know. And uh, so, you know, you put on the brave face, you, you, but, you know, what do you do with the single guy who's not producing anything? Is, is he, and then people make all kinds of stories and you just have to just take it. Um, so I would say, I mean, it was always that way, separate from kids, I think just because who I am, but um when you add that, I'm not able to even give the basic signifiers to the community of some kind of legitimacy as a man, you know, uh, certainly uh, finding a partner and then having children, then it just becomes a kind of a, a silence because people don't, don't know what to say. Yeah, 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 definitely. What about what about you, Russ? I know you're I know you're a busy man in terms of what you do for work, but yeah. Uh, do you do you feel like you have a do you feel like you have a community or you feel alone? Um, there's, I mean, I have a community with uh, Clan of Brothers, and 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 I must admit, since I saw your article, uh, the ABC one, it, it certainly uh, has expanded that for me, and I've found other places to. Um, get information, but from a general point of view, uh, like Don, um, all my family uh, have had no issues with fertility. Um, all my friends have kids. Um, it's something which they, I suppose, can sympathise with, um, but their general understanding of what we go through uh, is quite... Um, uh, quite limited uh, and maybe a little bit naive, uh, but we 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 see that in the community that this is not talked about. We know that, uh, so I don't have a huge community around me when it comes to uh, childless, not by choice. Um, I have some great friends who do their best to understand, uh, but I still think that even even with the best of them, um, one of their biggest techniques to deal with it is to avoid it. Uh, uh, whether it's due to a reluctance on their part to talk about it or whether they're concerned about what sort of impact they'll have on me uh, mm. if they discuss it. Um, straight, conversely though, I'm quite happy to discuss it uh, at length uh, with people because the only way we'll educate people is to start talking about it. Um, yeah, so my community is limited um, to say the least, yeah. Oh, thanks, Russ. What, what what about you, Agnes? I know you yes, have a uh, I know you have a group a group of, group of friends that you play you you game with, but mm -hmm. can you talk to okay. me about this? No, definitely no. Uh, Childless, uh, of course, is uh, no go topic uh, here in Latvia in general, uh, and uh, again. Uh, I somehow channeled my thoughts through my wife's uh, uh, infertility group for women, but uh, I feel the same way as 
she opened a, a closed uh, she created a closed Facebook group to for women to to join and to to to, to discuss things and uh, they are afraid to join even a closed group uh, even sometimes anonymous uh, anonymously because uh, Latvia is a small country well we have like two million Latvians in the whole world altogether and at some point uh, somebody is gonna know you you are gonna be like people are well not that close but they know each other from somewhere and um, as the country is so small and uh, that's why people are afraid to come out and to speak about these topics and uh, one of the reasons is that Latvia uh, is really young in terms of uh, inclusion and diversity uh, we, we are in European Union we are uh, well technically and politically uh, quite open to all these things, but uh, still Latvians uh, by themselves, they are like silent haters. They do not express the emotion, but they, well, they do not like foreigners. They do not like different people. They say, okay, you can be different, but do not come and show that to me. And uh, well, that's why a lot of people, I think, I believe, uh, are still afraid to come out and not just like the big come out, but even this, like I do not have children and it's uh, different, is quite a, quite a scary topic to talk to about with, with, with people you do not know. Okay, with friends, you can try with family, of course, but uh, uh, it's uh, hard to, to, to get a community uh, speaking, well, the whole Latvian uh, society speaking about these things, and uh, and as we as we discussed with my wife, uh, I believe that the first thing here in Latvia is to make uh, well this topic, the childness uh, topic, or or some other inclusion topics, a relevant part of a uh, like community stream. And when people are talking about that, and uh, well, it's easier and it will be safer for, for all these people who struggle with it uh, privately to come out and, uh, and be open with it, even in, in some uh, closed groups or, or, or whatever. Thank you. Mm. I find that quite astonishing that there is such a different culture, a cultural diverse attitude towards different where you're all coming from across the world and how that varies. Because I think from sort of the, I can't speak for every every woman in this situation, but we've kind of just about almost crept over that edge where we can mention it. And usually there might be somebody around who might just get it in any kind of group. You can, someone might come on and go, oh yeah, they might not get it, but they might just offer some support. But in communities, but also online, that's that's incredibly isolating. It must really affect um, your mental health as well. That must feel quite difficult for all of you. I would like to continue on mental health issues as well, uh, as from a point of community speaking, because well, when you when when we want the community, we believe people uh, have somehow. Um, Manage to get over the first fear of, of, of admitting to themselves. But, but here in Latvia, for example, when you go to infertility clinic, you do the, all the physical stuff. And then the doctor even uh, uh, 
Uh, well, usually he does not offer some uh, uh, therapist or some some uh, psychological uh, help. Well, does not direct you to the uh, help uh, from a psychological point of view. It just goes okay. Well, it does didn't happen, so deal with it, uh, live with it. Uh, the usual maybe you should try adoption and uh, other uh, of these things. And then when a person has gone through all this uh, hard stuff and, and and got a well, I don't care attitude from a doctor, then uh, well. It takes a lot of a lot of individual work to just come to uh, a point to to believe that there could be some groups of people who are open to all this. Okay, it's not well. I am making a, a terrible picture of my country. It's not well always that way, but the general feeling is still that that uh, the, the old ways, the 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 ways of uh, Soviet Union, where we were like 20, 30 years ago are still there in the minds of people who say, okay, we must be uh, in a, only one form and the, only in one uh, shape, and we must follow the rules of community. And if you are out, then we do not uh, accept you. We do not talk about you and, uh, and that's it. And people are, the, the background is still there. Uh, people are young, people are, modern in Latvia, but still the background feeling is still there. And that that makes community building really, really hard thing here. Sounds like it's, um, I think, I, I, and I'm going to say this, but I, I actually don't know, but it feels like it's when I sort of came out of all the, the failed IVF and that was about 12, that was 12 years ago. Um, I'd like to think, I hope, um, that that's got better in the UK for couples going through um, failed infertility treatment and generally doing childless not by choice in any form, that there is more out there. I hope that's the case and that there is optimism that what we do here can actually bring more change to other countries, but... I don't actually categorically know that because it's 12 years ago. It could still be like that, but I, I kind of think we're getting more of a voice. I hope that helps and that this podcast is also part of that growth and that change as well by having episodes like this. But again, it feels like a, a big uphill sort of struggle. It, it, does that relate to, to your to, to Australia and to, um, to America, Don and Russ? Is that similar experiences for you? Um. Look, I, there's no doubt, um, having done this journey uh, through the modern development of social media, um, there's been a huge uh, change there. It's also opened up for people who come from a culture where um, these sort of things aren't discussed openly. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm blessed enough to be in a culture where we are relatively open, although certain people at the moment are trying to stop that. But anyway, um, sorry, I'll edit that out now, won't you? Um, but it's, um, yeah, the one thing social media, one of the many things that it's given us uh, is this ability to bring community globally um, in a relatively simple way. 
and, and 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 what we're doing here now is a great example of that. We're giving Agus and Don uh, a place to have a voice, uh, to be listened to, uh, to be empathised with. And um, it's not something back in 1998 when I started that existed. There just wasn't, well, we had AOL and things like that, but it was fairly um, agricultural. And... Um, and so what we're seeing now is this ability to reach out across the world and say, we're here. How can we help? What can we do? And what can you do for me? You know, um, what can you teach me about what other people are going through? Because let's face it, uh, most of us are quite naive about um, how what we're going through in our country is handled elsewhere. Uh, we don't really see that unless it's, it makes it to mainstream media. And this subject does not make it to mainstream media. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a really interesting place to be. And uh, it, it's where our community is going to grow, I think. So as a, all members of the clan and brothers, and you are all very, you know, much uh, contribute to that a lot, there's only a small group of guys that actually contribute in, in the clan, but there's lots of people watching. Because I can see how many people look at posts and there's lots, but we don't, but there's a lot of guys that don't engage. And I'd like to explore that a little bit because I mean, that's about community. That's about trying to, trying to break down some of the walls to, to, and we don't need to get guys to open up so much as just contribute, be part of something. Why do you think it's so hard for us guys to do that. And the reason I'm asking this question is because <clears throat> we will probably we know the we know why, but the biggest audience that will listen to this podcast will actually be women. And one of the things, not only is this podcast about us, but it's also about helping women understand the way that we tick and the things that the barriers that are in our way um, to. I guess to community. So, yeah, what do you, what do you think some of those barriers are? So, uh, one of the things that I think about is in Australia we have a very large proportion of male um, male suicide. We do have a lot, and so we know there's a problem, and we we sort of know how to fix it, but why don't we? What is it that stops us doing that? Or is that too much of a big question? It's a big question. <laughs> but at this, uh, I think it's a real important one, Michael. I, I uh, work actually a lot with men in my, my practice, and uh, I... I, you know, there's a documentary out on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen it about uh, Marty Fisher and Andy Roddick and um, the tennis thing. And I really, there's this fear, interestingly enough, in, in that culture of being soft. So the it really kind of brought to boil, I think, this this feeling for me about the fear of being like somehow weak or soft in the men's culture. and so I, I was taught early on not to bring any of my shortcomings or my fears, especially 
and and for me like it's one thing to like say i don't have to I, i'm not able to have children but along with that i also have to uh, talk about not being able to um secure a marriage if you will um so there's a double shame there in, in terms of my sexual power or lack thereof so to speak um so for that specific community of men who are childless not by choice because of singleness or uh or other circumstances besides infertility um you know i feel a little lump every time i even bring it up because it feels the shame around it is so so intense um and i can bring it up to my women's uh um community to friends who of mine who are women and they're very empathetic but the men uh, i have to really be careful who i bring that up with um because what of what they'll attribute to that in terms of how they see me what about you, you russ um did agnes on the split i'm just no no go ahead sorry um it's funny. I, I I work in an industry where we should uh, be quite empathetic and open and caring. Uh, it is it is what we do. Um, just for anyone who's wondering, I'm a paramedic. Um, but there is still that um, that need to reaffirm our masculinity uh, there is a level of toxicity there which still exists uh, in a group of caring uh, intelligent people um, and uh, I, I think uh, and, 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 and globally we're seeing a resurgence of some of this this um, this you know look at me look what I've done look at me as a man um, and we keep on connecting our masculinity, our manhood, to um, our penis. We keep on, um, you know, can we have children? Uh, you know, how tough are we? You know, would we win a fight? This, these sort of things, which are for a lot of people thought to be in the past are still very current and still very relevant. Um, I'm an ex-soldier, so um, being that sort of he-man thing was appropriately drummed into me then. Uh, but we see so much of it outside of that environment. And uh, if you actually come up and, 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 and have the, uh, the wherewithal to tell people, oh, I, yeah, they ask, do you have children? I always come back with, no, I can't, as opposed to, no, I don't. And that's when the conversation changes. You always get the occasional great one that will go, oh, so, you know, uh, how do you feel about that? What's, you know, how does that affect you uh, with those great leading um, empathic questions? And then there's the other ones, oh, what's wrong with you? You know, uh, and I'm quite happy to discuss that. But um, if you're not supported or uh, you don't have the, the self-care and self-confidence to have those conversations, uh, what you do is you withdraw within to yourself and you keep it to yourself. Um, and you talk about the, the level of male suicide in this country. Um, 
we have a, an issue with suicide per capita anyway. Um, I think part of it is that is we're not able to actually express ourselves openly and um, that holding in of so much grief and so much pain uh, is going to need an outlet eventually and quite often that is a, a destructive, dysfunctional outlet, um, anger, drinking, um, other substance abuse, uh, abuse um, and yeah, mental health issues and suicide. Yeah, thanks, Russ. Agnes, please. Yes, uh, I believe that uh, men do need support groups, uh, but uh, unfortunately, most of us won't admit it. Uh, we we just don't won't, and uh, it's because uh, men are afraid to open up. Okay, maybe I'm speaking about myself or a general person, uh, but uh, well. Just bear with me. Okay, I, I believe that men are afraid to open up and that's why they are uh, afraid to join these support groups. And the fear, as Pat uh, uh, Russ just said, uh, it's not a like soft emotional fear, like, oh, I'm afraid of something. No, it's a deep inner fear of uh, not being masculine enough, uh, the deep inner fear of... Uh, of uh, if I open up, somebody is gonna crush my inner thing, my 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 only thing that I am still like. Well, okay, I everybody feels insecure in some way, even if they don't uh, admit it. They there is something that they are insecure of, and then there are these basic beliefs that make us uh, a person uh, that we strongly believe in, and uh, coming into a, a new group, into new. Uh, support growth kind of brother or whatever and admitting to something like that uh, opens uh, a person up to to being uh, ridiculed to being uh, uh, shamed to be being cancelled or call it whatever you you want and that's a huge fear for anybody to to to, to be in that position and if you're already vulnerable by having to go through all these uh, childless issues uh, in general, and then uh, coming to a group, even if it says, okay, we are friendly, everybody feels that uh, he's special. I'm special, you are special, you are special, everybody is special. And uh, people believe that their issue is really specific. It's like uh, teens, uh, like like in a teen movie or in, in a teen support group. So people say, okay, I have this love issue and it's like unique. Nobody in the world has had this much love for anybody. And we just, we just can't be together, but we want to be together. And I believe that uh, this is the inner fight that uh, a, a man is struggling with him. Uh, self when he well he joins some group and he says okay I admit to everybody okay I, I tell how unique I am and then the the relief comes only after you post it and that after someone says okay I, I, I feel you I see how how this is happening to you and I have been through some similar struggle and, and only then but the first step of admitting to yourself and uh, and posting it, it, it the, the inner struggle, the inner fear. And it's not uh, something like, okay, um, as you said, the, the 
podcast is for women and they will uh, think, okay, so my uh, significant other or my partner is afraid. I'm going to go and say, do not be afraid. Nobody is going to admit it. Nobody is going to say, okay, I feel the fear. Uh, most of people actually do not uh, have not uh, named the emotion they feel as fear or, or as something specific. They just feel, they feel the threat, but they do not know how to, uh, how to work with that. And well, that's a huge issue and uh, therapy, I don't know what, uh, or, 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 or self-education by reading or, or, or being in a group and watching from a side uh, is, is a part, uh, is a step forward to, 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 to some uh, better future. That's why nobody opens up. Well, not a lot of us open up. And even if we do open up, uh, well, I'm speaking, but I'm still uh, protecting my inner self by speaking. It's just a way of coping with the fear. I'm just blah, 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 a lot, just not to show the deep fear. That's how I am. And uh, everybody is different. Somebody, most people uh, are better uh, just being quiet. Thank you. Uh, you're right. I mean, I can speak for um, listening to you, Agnes, reminds me of when the ABC article came out that they did on me. And one of the things that, that was a little bit hard to manage was the absolutely brutal comments that came back on some of that. Some of them were absolutely brutal. Stop moaning. Um, I think I made a joke about my, I said to the person who made it to make a joke about it and say, you know, if this big, fat, gruff, hairy guy, you know, can speak out, then I'd like to be a role model for everyone else. And whoa, just the, the abuse I copped on that. And it's very, it, it, I think it, that that's listening to you guys, you know, that's, I think the experience it reminds me, you sort of grounded me and thought, did I open myself up too much then? Did, should I have done that? And my wife was just like, what? Why did, why did you open yourself up like that? Why? And I sometimes question it too. So I really, I, when you said that, that's what come to my mind is that, yeah, look, it's out there. The ridicule is out there. So people can be so fucking brutal, you know, that, and, um, but and now I've lost my train of thought. But that happens. She said actually, when you sort of talk about that, it's when I first, oh god, long time ago, first sort of outed, if you like, that I was childless, not by choice, and it was in a local paper who didn't moderate the comments, left them on, even though they said they weren't. And I was utterly unprepared for the backlash that I got, um, given my local newspaper, so it's in the city, Cambridge where I live is a city, but it's actually not a very big city. So again, that whole kind of, that who, who you might know, um, Agnes, in terms of your commute, where you live, you think, I can kind of relate to that in the sense that, yeah, on your own doorstep um, is scary. And yeah, the backlash, 
well, why don't you just adopt? You know, I probably didn't look, I didn't start trying early enough, all those sorts of things that you get. But I was able to call on friends on Facebook and other places and social media and say, help me out here. And quite a few of them specifically created accounts with the newspaper, even though they weren't local, um, to, to, to come in and go, actually, no, you're wrong to give me a little bit of support and to do something. So that kind of collaborative community effort that I think can come from networks and social media when you reach out and do that. And it strikes me from this conversation that, that I wonder if there is a, a subdivide within what we're talking about here between genders and whether there is something within the community whereby we support each other a little bit more and we perhaps don't say men's infertility and men being childless not by choice is over there and women are over here because I think and I don't know Michael you might know the answer to this but I think that the full stop is quite unique in that we talk as much as we can in a diverse way about childlessness affecting everyone, regardless of sexuality, it affects everyone. But I kind of think when I've looked at the other podcasts in this area, um, with all due respect to them, but with, again, around men's health in general, like men's health podcasts, they talk about men's health and mostly focus, I think, on, on, on parents and on dads and their mental health. And occasionally they might just go, oh, we'll just stick some you know, male infertility in there. But it's all wrapped up in male infertility. And I'm just wondering whether there is something within our collectiveness as a childless community and that we can do more outside of our relationships to help you and support you and what that might look like if that could happen. Is that that's a big question again, isn't it? I'm I'm riffing. And Michael, you may have wanted to go this a different way. So please um say we'll come back to that if you need to. Well, no, actually, no, now you now you mentioned that. I was really touched today by um something that Patricia hang on. Forks. That's it. Hi Patricia, if you're listening, and thank you very much for your kind words in your blog today. But she actually wrote a blog about we're almost like we're forgetting the men you know and she referenced both myself and robin Hadley, and um yeah look i really think there's merit in what you're saying and there are some there are a lot of women out there that are recognizing that 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 this isn't this is about us all and perhaps there is somewhere there that um as a collect like you say as a collective we can support each other what do you think, guys? There is one huge uh, other uh, side of, of all this. It's the LGBTQ community that is uh, also basically childless, not by choice at some points uh, for men, uh, most well, for anybody of them. And they have this other aspect of, of being. Uh, uh, in well, that other uh, group that's been uh, mistreated in in some countries and ways, and uh, uh, 
well, that brings the, the, the group of people who, are, who would be interested and who should, could be covered by, by, by shoulders, not by choice, to, to a really, really big size. And uh, I believe that that is more a problem than a solution, because when you get that big and when you bring all the topics and issues of different uh, people and different uh, things, then you just struggle with getting to, to some some common ground. Okay, there is basic things, but uh, but still, okay, we can talk about men and women together, but uh, well, it's hard to draw a line in my mind. I can't still find where is the line because, well, the, the issues you 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 can uh, get uh, how you get to to to, to being labeled uh, childless not by choice uh, are uh, really really different and uh, I myself haven't found a way to, to to find a connecting ground for all of them now, for now yet yeah. Um... I think one of the things I can see, and I'm going to have to speak this one purely from my own point of view, because not everyone who's childless, not by choice, has been through an assisted reproductive technology journey. Um, I have. One of the issues that I see, and, and it's something that I've um, discussed in therapy about myself, um, was the, the male involved in it if, if, I mean, I had male factor infertility as well, um, but so much of the effort and so much of the pain and so much of the, the, the management is done by the female and their um, level of discomfort and the level of what they go through uh, is, is greater than what we physically go through by magnitude. And so one of the things that I always did and that people, um, counsellors and that pulled me up on was that everything I cared about was my wife uh, and my own welfare, my own health um, was a secondary thing because um, my whole contribution to it was to masturbate into a cup. Um, that was my physical interaction with assisted reproductive technology. Um, whereas my wife went through laparoscopies, hysteroscopies, yada, 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 injections, hormone showers, um, hyperstimulation, it just kept going. And I, I think if we're not careful, um, what men will do is uh, withdraw back to um, make sure their partners, um, they, you know, uh, are being cared for better than they are. And I, and I wonder if that's something we need to keep separate, um, uh, because for some of us, it's just a bad habit. It's the lack of self-care and a lack of self-awareness um, that we go through. Um, the, the other uh, point that Agnes uh, brought up was um, the LBGT uh, QI plus community. Um, 
it's it's funny when I've uh, I, I've I've raised this issue uh, within our inclusion community where I work. Um, it's it's been a real hit so far. I can guarantee that fifty percent of the people who've responded to me have been from the LGBTQI because I've had two people respond and one of them was gay. Um, so uh, I think they have something to give us and something to support us with because very broadly there's an analogy between coming out as a member of that community and possibly coming out as being childless not by choice um now most people will go oh no it's a different thing it's not as psychologically damaging maybe that's part of the conversation we need to change uh is is, is how big a deal it is and how um big an impact it has on us psychologically, how our mental health suffers by not being able to uh, be open and honest about it. Um, and they've been through that um, journey before. And it's something they can give us. It's something they can assist us with um, if we can think of the right words to put it in and ask for that help. That's a good point, Russ. Very good point. What do you think, Don? What's your thoughts? Oh, I'm just feeling the the pain of those comments. You know, don't don't be a moaner. That or and then it came to both both you, Michael, and you, Bernice, right? So those 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 really put I mean into words very specifically what you're what we're up or what what can happen, I guess, if you quote um, are vulnerable and so on. But at the same time, I, I really had also, um, especially for the men's community, I really um, want to change this kind of prison that we're all in as men. I think I think that uh, it's a good time for it. There's a lot of talk, uh, Brene Brown and others, um, around vulnerability and the whole definition of masculinity is is changing, and and it's you know. It's, it's a good time for it. And so I, I bring actually um, try to talk about my experience quite openly on the tennis courts with my and my, my all my pickleball friends. Um, they'll say, how are you doing? And I'm saying, oh, it's kind of rough. I'm kind of going through a grieving time. And they'll say about what? And I'll say, well, not having uh, achieved fatherhood, you know, just as a casual conversation. And most of the time people... They're not going to go deep into it, but I, you know, they're appreciative of of me dropping down the mask a little bit, and they'll share about uh, things they're going through. So I'm trying to put myself out there um, as best I can, and also in my family, talking about it quite openly. Uh, struggles with dating, things like that. At my age, people are just quietly listening to this weird story and this. Um, so I, I really think the men have to come together and now's the time to really push to um, change this culture that, um, you know, I feel is really hurting us and harming us and, um, you know, harming the next generation if we don't, if we don't inter intervene. I agree. Mm. I think it's, it, it's one thing, I think, to put oneself on the line and, and have these 
to speak openly, but I think when the support isn't there to protect us, then it ends up kind of closing the conversation down again. You end up in this vicious cycle of speaking, getting hurt, being shut down. And then you have to go back through that whole deep, deep, deep exploration, I think, of oneself to then say the words again. And hope, really, really hope that actually the second time that you say something, you might get supported than the third time, the fourth time. And the way I've always thought about it, it might help one person. But actually trying to do that, you've got to make it's odd. You, it's sometimes some of these things, and I'm, I don't know, Michael, if you found this too, you don't necessarily know when something's going to be broadcast, posted, shared, whatever. Sometimes it's outside of one, your control. Therefore, that day might not be the good day for you. And it's not the day when you're wearing kind of the, the thick skin and you can cope with the kind of, oh, just adopt comment. But actually by sometimes saying something, helping somebody else, getting a connection and building another connection and a connection and a connection can lead to some quite powerful friendships or just knowing there's somebody just there, just standing off, offside who's been through what you've been through. I think is um is possibly the way to sometimes reframe it, but it is ever so hard on those days. It's kind of where the podcast is quite good because we we can control to a point necessarily control that's the wrong word, but yeah, you, it's it's our content, you know, and we know that our audience want to listen to us. That it is a community that um we are providing that support, but also it helps us as well because allows us to speak in a safe space and it gives that kind of confidence to a question popped into my head then and I've talked my way out of it and I can't remember what it was but it was a ah that was it so I wanted to ask and I kind of a sort of segue from all of that is the clan of brothers what does that mean to all of you if you had if someone is listening to this and they have perhaps said to somebody else, oh, you need to listen to this because Don said this, Agnes said that, and Russ said this, and it's just brilliant. And actually, this is Clan of Brothers. If you could just say to that person what that means to, to you and encourage them to join. Is there a, a, a message for somebody else out there? Uh, for me, quite frankly, it's a, it's a clan of, of, of really... Um, admirable and strong man, father figures, uh, voices. You know, I, in my community, th the men in my are generally silent, or they have that old uh, masculinity. Uh, um, and I, you know, so to hear, for example, Russ talking about being, you know, a soldier and then paramedic, and then um, Russ, just to hear you, you know, um, obviously today. Um, just you know, breaking out of those old forms and really um, kind of just in your voice modeling something very different, a very different kind of masculinity. That's what it is for me because I have to absorb that. I have to, like you said, find protection around that to cultivate it within myself. And uh, I appreciate what you said, Bernice, because it's one thing to just throw yourself out there and try to have these conversations. But you're right, you do. I ended up cycling and you retreat and it's so much work to reconsolidate 
you know, yourself within yourself alone. And I don't have a partner. So I need, I mean, the only voices I have are the Klanner brothers and other, other men and women that I can find. So I would like to say that uh, Clan of Brothers is a safe space, uh, a safe group, closed group. And I would like to, to, to speak about the technical part. Uh, as I say, closed group, it means that Facebook uh, offers opportunity to, uh, to, to have uh, people only by uh, who have uh, um, answer the questions and the administrators there is a team of administrators there are like uh, six or seven people who are watching the 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 topics who are watching the comments who are watching what's going on who are watching who is applying and uh, actively uh, safeguarding the the place and the community uh, so that there are no uh, um, bad or, or wrong or, or, or unpolite uh, people uh, in the group. And uh, that's what makes the group uh, uh, safe to join. You can just join and see what's happening. And if you have a, a partner, a husband, a friend who is struggling, uh, joining the clan of brothers is a simple thing to do and there is nothing huge going on there it's just a facebook stream of uh, of uh, texts and comments of people uh, commenting and telling about themselves and supporting each other and that's what's happening there there are some activities there are some live feeds and so you can be more active or you can be as passive as you want and as much as michael is telling that well there are a lot of people who are uh, passively just listening it's fine it's it's okay you don't not need to be here uh, out here speaking to be in a clan of brothers it's not like uh, uh, even you, Bernice, when we started, you said, okay, you appreciate all the work that you are doing in the clan of brothers. Do People, if you're listening, do not be, be discouraged of it. You do not have to do work to be in a clan of brothers. You can just join and watch and see what's going on. And it's safe. I, I guarantee I'm one of the administrators. Uh, the the way how we are accepting people in, we are asking quite personal questions and it's just so that we are sure that uh, they are uh, more, well, more than less uh, uh, on the same uh, wave or, or on the same feelings that the uh, majority of the group is. So do not be afraid to join. It's just a Facebook group, but it can be a, a huge step uh, towards some uh, better future for you. Thank you. It's a great power, I think, in quietly listening. Being part of something, just knowing it's there. Don't have to do anything, but just quietly listening because that can all just filter through, can't it, in just a, a very quiet way. And just knowing that somebody is just there for you, even if it's just if you're reading, it's gentle sort of osmosis I'm sure Sarah if she was here would have a really good way of describing that but it's um in my amateur terms it's just having the words there that can just help you on the difficult days even if you're quietly listening and that's a very powerful thing to do
Thank you. That that sums up what I was trying to say. Yes, I'm not a native uh, English speaker, so it's. I love to... your accent. I oh. do. So mm. thank you very much. <laughs> um. Uh, one, the I, I think the biggest thing I've found with Clan of Brothers, um, uh, as Agnes said, is is the level of safety uh, that is there. Um, any comment you're going to get back on what you put in uh, is going to come from someone who has at least some understanding of where you are. Uh, I've seen people in that space completely strip themselves bare and um, start conversations uh, about things that we would never speak about uh, elsewhere. What Clan of Brothers is to me as a window into where we might be able to go, where that community and that open conversation can happen um, in, a, in, a, in a safe way, but uh, it gives you this little microcosm where you, and I, I hate to use the word, but where you feel normal uh, because you are one of many. Um, and that's, I think, what we're working towards, and it's somewhere we have now to be there, uh, if that makes sense. It does indeed. It really does. I, I think one of the things I've noticed, um, and hope Michael doesn't mind me saying this, is that a big change in, in you, Michael, since you started the Clan of Brothers, since the podcast, but definitely since the Clan of Brothers as well, um, in how you're, you talk about this and I, I think the pride that you have in um, what you're doing as well. Yeah, I was thinking about it, that, <clears throat> how do I put this? I'm feeling a bit emotional right now. Mm -hmm. I can imagine, yeah. Because, like, it's, as an admin, I get to see all the stories that come by and reason why people want to join. And it 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 does I don't want to say weigh on me, but it 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 sort of <clears throat> I'm gonna talk about it a different way. The chat we had recently, you, me and Sarah, um via Facebook, uh, Facebook chat where I was beating myself up for not being empathetic about something that, you know, we were told. Oh, yes, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. And I think, I think what all this has done to me is made me realise that, that I've actually been quite emotionally immature, if that makes sense, in, you know, for the in the last, I don't know, 20 years, I can, I can just see a difference with myself now and before. I'm not quite sure when before was. <laughs> and I, I'm sort of toying with the idea that it's, it's that. It's, I, I, I was emotional. I don't want to say immature now because that's probably a bit of a derogatory term. But, you know, as guys, that's something we don't, we know we don't do well. We don't do emotion well. And, 
I just seem that that's changed in me. You know, being part of the clan of brothers and seeing all these stories and and seeing the difference that it makes. Now there are yes, there are some guys that just being part of it is enough. And just reading people's other people's comments about what's going on is enough. And they are satisfied with that. And there are other guys that that are, they do it tough and they'll go, I'm struggling today because of this. And it, I feel like I've grown in that way, in that, mm-hmm. sorry, I'm getting emotional about it. I think you're being very tough on yourself. <coughs> you really, really are. I guess I'm just trying, <laughs> I'm just trying to explore myself, actually. Sorry if I'm, <laughs> sorry if no. I'm going off on one, but it's, I just, I just feel that it's, it's made me grow, you know, so listening to the guys here talk about, you know, what they get out of it is great. And listening to um, where they think things should go, you know, is all positive stuff. And and it reinf- reinforces in me that they're all the things that I believe too. So I just think that, yeah, this whole exposure has just made me grow, you know, emotionally. And, um, yeah, I'm, I thank every one of the guys in the Clan of Brothers because they've been part of that. As well as you and Sarah have as well, in terms of, you know, helping me grow. And, I think you know, it's the change that you've gone through, that we've all gone through, though. I, I would echo what you have said about me. I think there'd be an awful lot of listeners who would agree, too, with what you've said, regardless of being male, female, mm. any sexuality, any gender. I think that that is a, a journey you that comes from, I think, that... We're all different. This all changes us. Where, however, we got to where we are now, today, whatever journey that was, whether that's um, circumstance, medical, whatever it might be, we are changed in such a huge way from where we were when we started this. Perhaps then we had hope that we would be parents. Now that hope is we need to be heard, but with that comes a whole load of grief and recovery, perhaps in different forms. You know, again, we we talk about that a lot. I think perhaps with regard to sort of how we started the podcast, we were in different places, and you you kind of think, oh, you're going to progress forward, but actually, grief is not linear, as we all know. You go backwards and forwards, up and down this kind of route as to where you might be. But we bring that with us as well. So perhaps the hope is a different hope now, and it's actually almost really, I would say, as painful as the hope of trying to be a parent because now we have these other people in the world who are fully fledged, opinionated adults. Some of them. Um, Many of them have just literally given birth and been parents so easily. And they have a whole bunch of opinions that are really, really hard to change. And that can be exhausting, but it's so incredible and so amazing to know that there is some hope there. And I really, really feel optimistic that that we can be part of that change. 
however that might be, whether it's quietly listening, whether it's going out and speaking, whether it's joining the clan of brothers or any other support group, I think it's incredibly important that there is that out there, that there is actually support now. And that's an amazing thing. And you, Mr. Hughes, are a big part of that. All of you are, Russ, Agnes and Don. It's amazing. Mm, thank you very much. I think one of the things I'd like to sort of pivot now to what we would like to see. And one of the things I'd like to see is, um, is you know, the guys get together. So I've tried, look, Russell and I have shared a beer down in Diamond Creek in a, when I was on a work trip and I've been to a, I've uh, had a, had a, dinner with Sarah Roberts and her husband, Kevin, who's part of the clan. And where else have I had? Anyway, doesn't matter. But that's what I really like. I really enjoy going out and meeting people. And, and that's my that's my plan. So when this COVID rubbish is over and I can get I can get overseas, I'll be coming to LA and I will be going to Latvia. <laughs> because um yeah. That, that, and that's something that actually really fuels me is that, is meeting people, meeting our community, you know, touch and flesh and, you know, sitting down and, you know, looking at people and having a good conversation. So You and yeah. Sarah and your road trips, you're both obsessed, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what would you, what, guys, what, how, how would you like to see things? If you had a wish, I know I'm going off. I know I'm being a bit, you know, whimsical here. But you know, if you had a wish about community, what would it look like for you? Oh, I have a great idea about this. I have thought about it uh, so much. So, um, uh, I recently read that there are these uh, the idea of uh, of community that is based on. Uh, digital things like uh, well uh, in the beginning in the in the podcast i was listening it was a crypto community like uh, people who uh, get their income from uh, working with cryptocurrency they uh, can actually live anywhere in the world anywhere they want and they can get income and they can be uh, well feel uh, rather financially free and uh, the idea is to build, uh, well, physical houses and physical community for people somewhere great. Well, just choose any place in the world, just buy a plot of land and uh, make a city, a town or something uh, with people who are likely minded. And that's called, sometimes it's called the uh, digital common cause community. It's critical communities. There are these uh, political communities because people who believe in one specific thing, now when we are all, the world is connected and the world is open, well, apart from COVID and so, but when the world is open, you can, you can actually do that. You can actually choose a place in wherever it's safe, whenever, wherever it's a, a good weather or, or whatever. Just build a fence, build houses, and make a community from, for people from all different uh, parts of the world, for all different uh, communities, nationalities, and so on, with similar or the same uh, common cause. 
and uh, well that's a little bit futuristic i understand because you need still the supply chains you need to understand how it's gonna work and who's gonna uh, make food and who's gonna take care of things and so on but i if i can uh, imagine things i would love to live in such a community i would love to be a a community a part of a community building of of such a close-knit town village or whatever village digital village that's how it's called well i would like to be a part of it because i i see myself and i i, I somehow hope that when i'm old and when i need support then that that would be something that uh, I can contribute with, like being there and offering my advice or just chatting with people or taking care of young ones or old ones or whatever. And then they're going to take care of me. I somehow hope uh, that that's the futuristic uh, imaginary uh, thing that I hope for. So yes, digital village uh, with uh, people uh, with a common cause. It's doesn't have to be childlessness definitely not uh, it, it can be anything else definitely because you need children at some point to to just grow the community or to support the community but that's how i see uh, the great you must uh, you must have been listening to my wife because she thinks exactly the same oh great she says oh, wouldn't it be good if we could all live together and look after each other so you're not the only one who's thinking about that, Agnes. And that's that's, that, that's actually better than just paying someone who who does that. Because there are these assisted living houses mm. and you can just go there and, and, and pay you all your pension or whatever savings you have and and, and be supported. But but the community thing and common cause is uh, what, what, what makes drives me to, to, to that. A nice one. What about what about you, Don and Russ? What do you think? What, what's your what's your vision? Yeah, Don. Um, <clears throat> I guess maybe uh, for now a smaller step, um, just to have a men's group <laughs> would be nice. Uh, I've been I've been waiting for it for a while, and if I can contribute in some way to to fostering that, I would love it, even if it's online. But I really do need. A reliable group of men that I could not just send a, a post to, but that I can, you know, feel like I have a connection with. And I think that's probably why I do these video podcasts is because I feel a little more like I see people, I see Agnes, second time, second time I've seen Agnes and things like that. Um, so that to start, Michael, and then um, definitely in the community, uh, I would love to be with more men or who have a similar circumstance as me um, in terms of singleness, because I think that that's that's its own story in and of itself. Um, but also then what you were talking about, Michael, is what I would love to, I want, I need my soul to be nourished by more and more, which is, you know, loss and grief, it 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 brings, it forces growth and other ways and for men you were you were beginning to tell a story about your you realizing that i you know there's a maturity in me that's that's been forced emotionally and um it's evident but it's it's also that's the story that i want to 
that I am working on on my own. I want to articulate and, and hear what it looks like for other men. Is what does it look like for us to to become? Yeah, I mean, I'm a fathers, if you will, to ourselves first of all, and then to the world um, at a at a much deeper level than just um, 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 you know physically, obviously, and. I think that hope is going to look so different for each man. And so um, that's what I need to, I, I would love to have a group where the men are, are openly talking and struggling through what does that look like to turn the loss into something really, you know, uh, into plan, plan B for us, I guess you'd call it, you know. Um, I'm struggling right there. I'm kind of stuck, actually. And I'm like, okay. I've, I've, I, when I see children and a young father, I don't feel as much sadness, but I'm also like, well, what do I replace it with? And I've done a lot of things in my work and I'm, I feel like I'm on course, but I just need help in like pushing it through. Don, I think, um, I think I should introduce you to Katie Seppi. She's doing great guns in the United States around childlessness. And maybe we should get you two connected so that, because she's got a big network of people and maybe that might be a place to start with building your men's group in the United States and especially LB of California. It's funny because I've talked to her a couple of times and okay. asked if I could even be in some of her groups and they, she's, she's surveyed some of the women and said, no, it's going to mm. be men only. And then yeah. I introduced uh, a friend of mine, female, also in a similar circumstance, to her and they she immediately found a group she's like i got this great group don of single men women and i was like how is it so you know i you know here i am for two years and she just boom so i would like to see that same kind of responsiveness in the men's community that we have those structures okay. that we have to build it for ourselves that's yeah. for sure yeah definitely mm, I think might, that's something might... we need to work on that's a, yeah. that's a thing we need to we can help you with don we really should that's important i could listen to you speak for hours um actually about that i think um, it's really important yeah thank you bernice what about you russ um a lot of food for thought there um and it, it sort of um since joining clan of brothers i've put a lot of thought into where I am and how I actually handle this or don't handle it uh, would be more appropriate. I, I talk openly about my childlessness. I, um, yeah, my, my fertility issues, that sort of thing. Uh, but I talk from a place of complete dissociation. Um, I don't respond to it. I don't get emotional about it because the barrier I've built in front of it is is there to keep me safe, to keep my inner child and my inner man uh, as safe as I can keep him. What I want in a community is a place where I can tear down that wall and I can cry, I can be emotional, I can be angry if I have to be. Um, a place where what I'm feeling um, is shared and felt by those around me in different ways. Um, but a place where um, I can expose 
those raw parts of me uh, with acceptance um, in a group of emotionally intelligent people who um, will take that journey with me. Um, I mean, it, 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 what Agnes was saying, I, I loved and I, I would take his concept one step further. I wrote a poem years ago called Revelation. Um, and we talk about revelation being this and that and fire and brimstone. My belief that revelation is the day that we all actually realise that we are just one people. Uh, it's, a lo- it's a very humanist view and, you know, we talk about looking after us at end-of-life care for people who don't have children. Well, in, in my utopia, that would just be what the community does. Um, that's my ultimate community. Um, I'm not going to see it in my lifetime. Um, but initially, just that place to be uh, exposed in a safe environment um, and part of that journey is up to me to move away from the dissociation, I feel. Because, um, yes, it makes it easy for me to talk about it, but it doesn't make it easy for me to process what I'm feeling. Yeah, I can understand that. And I think that's probably a good place to wrap up because I think Don needs to go to bed. It's got to be what? <laughs> it's, got, it's nearly 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I, I would like to look, I would really like to thank you uh, for, for coming on the podcast because um, I know you need to look at yourselves as, as leaders, as, as leaders in the, you know, the childless men's community because you're out here, you're talking about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I feel very privileged to be here with you. Me too. I think it's been an absolute honour and a privilege. I know that Sarah was so very, very, very sad that she couldn't be here today. She literally has completely lost her voice um, and all her energy as well at the moment. Mm. So we're wishing her a really, really speedy and safe recovery. And... I'm just honoured and thrilled to be here. I always am when we, every episode, but particularly I think when we have new voices sharing so much wonderful stories. I could listen to all of you talk for so much longer than the time that we have on the podcast. So thank you so very much, Russ, Don and Agnes. It's just been wonderful. I've had such a lovely time listening to you. Thank you for listening. We hope you found this as enlightening as we did. Now, we would really love to help Don find his community in Southern California. And we know we have a big following in California. And we'd love to hear from you if you think you can help Don. So jump over to our socials or our website, www.thefullstoppod.com. Hover over Get In Touch at the top menu where you'll find our contact page. And we'll forward the info on to Don. Now, you can also use this if you have a burning topic we have not covered or you want more info on the content of this episode or you may even have an idea that we hadn't even thought of. So please, reach out to us. And as always, 
it's important for us to let you know you're not alone. Russ, I'm just so moved by what you shared. I just want to add, throw that in there, truly. You also. Yeah, I um, it is um, it's a very humbling experience to uh, firstly to be in the presence of Michael and Berenice, two two genuine pioneers who've had to put themselves out there and get absolutely flogged <laughs> by a group of assholes that we know don't understand where we are. <laughs> You've had the courage to do that. And then two more pioneers, uh, Agnes and Don, who uh, who want to make this community uh, a safe and inclusive place to be. And um, it, it's very humbling to be in your presence.